The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank believes communities thrive when individuals succeed. Working together, we can help create economic opportunity for all. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, May 8th. In today's news, Bill Barr plays hardball as Democrats move to hold him in contempt. President Trump's China brinkmanship spooks the markets. And the administration proposes new rules to make it even easier for debt collectors to harass consumers. But first, the big idea. There's more saber-rattling and escalation today from Tehran and Washington. Iranian President Hassan Rouhani announced a few hours ago that his country is taking steps to halt its compliance with elements of the landmark nuclear deal in response to Trump pulling out of the accord and stiffening sanctions on Tehran. In a televised speech, Rouhani says Iran will keep stockpiles of excess uranium and heavy water, both of which are used in nuclear reactors. He gave a 60-day deadline for new terms to the nuclear accord, after which he says they will resume higher uranium enrichment. The speech coincides with the anniversary of the U.S. withdrawal from the nuclear deal. Rouhani is angry because this past Friday, the State Department announced new restrictions on Iran's civil nuclear program, despite protests by European allies. In recent weeks, Iranian officials have indicated that the country could begin enriching uranium levels beyond what's permitted by the accord or limit access to the International Atomic Energy Agency's monitors. After abruptly breaking away from a European trip and canceling a sit-down with German Chancellor Angela Merkel, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo made an unannounced visit to Iraq to discuss the response to Iran. After flying out of Baghdad late last night, Pompeo told reporters that he conveyed to the Iraqi president, Barham Saleh, and Prime Minister Adel Abdul Mahdi, that they are responsible for protecting all the Americans in their country. He said he briefed them on intelligence that suggests Iran poses a greater threat. The secretary said he wanted the Iraqis to know from him personally about what he calls the increasing threat stream that the U.S. has seen. He also said he wanted to give them more background on the threat so that they could ensure they're doing all they could to, quote, provide protection for our team. Meanwhile, the U.S. Navy announced that it has canceled a planned port visit in Croatia for an aircraft carrier group because its deployment to the Middle East has been expedited in response to what the Navy called recent and clear indications that Iran is preparing to attack U.S. troops. The USS Abraham Lincoln, traveling with a fleet of escort ships, will make way for the Middle East as part of a deployment announced Sunday by White House National Security Advisor John Bolton. The expedited deployments also include the Air Force sending a significant number of B-52s to the Middle East. And the Daily Beast reports this morning that some U.S. officials are growing more and more worried that the Trump team is overreacting to and overhyping the intelligence that they've seen on Iran. They fear this could lead to unplanned hostilities and something small blowing up into something very big. You could be forgiven for feeling a sense of deja vu this morning. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar this hump day. Number one, the Justice Department informed the House Judiciary Committee overnight that it will ask Trump to assert executive privilege over all of the underlying evidence in Bob Mueller's report. 
This is an intentionally provocative move that all but assures Attorney General Bill Barr will be held in contempt of Congress later today. Assistant Attorney General Steve Boyd says the Justice Department tried to accommodate Democratic demands for the release of the full Mueller report, which the Judiciary Panel subpoenaed for its investigation into the president. But Boyd says Democrats, who made a counteroffer to the Justice Department in a last-ditch negotiation session to stave off the scheduled contempt vote, responded with unreasonable demands. The chairman of the committee, Democrat Jerry Nadler from New York, calls Boyd's comments hogwash. House Democrats are now moving to also hold Don McGahn in contempt of Congress after Trump invoked executive privilege yesterday to block him, the former White House counsel, from complying with a subpoena to turn over documents. The current White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, says McGahn doesn't have the legal right to comply with the subpoena for 36 types of documents, most related to Bob Mueller's nearly two-year probe of Russian interference. Democrats rejected the White House moves as illegitimate, arguing that the Trump administration hasn't actually completed the paperwork to assert privilege. And even if it had, the committee says it would not apply because the White House waived privilege for McGahn long ago when he talked to Mueller. And House Oversight Committee Chairman Elijah Cummings, the Democrat from Maryland, is threatening today to withhold funding for the salaries of any staffers at the Interior, Commerce or Justice Department if they're involved in any way with thwarting active congressional investigations. The committee called for eight current and former Trump administration officials to provide information for two specific investigations, one related to the addition of a citizenship question to the 2020 census and the other into whether Interior Secretary David Bernhardt complied with record keeping laws. Number two, Trump's ongoing trade war with China has caused a rift inside the administration. Yesterday, I told you about how angry Senate Republicans are with the president. Now we're hearing from inside sources that top officials, including Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and economic advisor Larry Kudlow, have been pleading with Trump to abandon his tariffs because they threaten to drag down the economy and undermine his reelection prospects. Trump's foreign policy team is also concerned. The president's brinkmanship with Beijing this week represents a test of his administration's tougher stance toward the nation, especially as he attempts to secure a trade deal with China at the same time that he wants to preserve their cooperation on North Korea. Meanwhile, nonpartisan career economists at the Department of Agriculture are coming forward to say that they're quitting their jobs because they've suffered retaliation for publishing reports that detail just how Badly, American farmers are being squeezed by Trump's policies, especially the tariffs. The Economic Research Service, a source of closely read reports on farm income, has run afoul of Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue with its findings on how farmers have been financially harmed by Trump's trade feuds, the Republican tax code rewrite, which hurt family farmers, and other sensitive issues. One report that drew Purdue's ire highlighted how farm income has plummeted on Trump's watch. And a new study from nonpartisan experts at the Peterson Institute, not part of the government, estimates that every job saved or created by Trump's steel tariffs cost U.S. consumers more than $900,000. That's 13 times more than the typical salary of a steelworker. No matter what you think of the president, that's not a good cost-benefit ratio. Oh, and Americans could soon pay between 40% to 85% more for tomatoes after Trump's new 18% tariff on Mexican tomato imports went into effect yesterday. 
The tariffs follow a breakdown of a 22-year-old agreement that had attempted to maintain the peace between American and Mexican tomato growers. Mexican imports account for 54% of the U.S. tomato market. Number three, Trump's appointees at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau introduced new rules yesterday that will allow debt collectors to harass consumers with unlimited numbers of text messages and emails. The proposal is a big win for the debt collectors, especially San Francisco-based True Accord. Instead of making a barrage of phone calls, True Accord sends out millions of emails and texts every month. Next, it hopes to start contacting delinquent consumers through chat programs like WhatsApp. But this digital-first approach has alarmed consumer advocates who worry that the CFPB could give an industry known for high-pressure tactics a new way to violate consumer privacy. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, May 8th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.